Taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now... Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zelinsky Show. I am your host, Sheila Zelinsky, and I thank you for tuning in today, folks. As I said, every Friday is dedicated to healing and deliverance. Some of you may know this, but some of the new listeners may not, that I have been in deliverance ministry for a while, and I feel in my spirit it's really important for people to get deliverance from demonic affliction. And those of you out there who think Christians cannot have demonic affliction, well, I urge you to spend 15 minutes on a deliverance session with me, and I guarantee you, you'll change your mind. So if you are suffering from various afflictions, today's show is for you, and it's going to be amazing. So before I bring on my guest, Carla Butad, I must tell you that as of next Monday, my sound will be CD quality radio sound. Sadly, the old software makes for poor radio audio, and I want to apologize and tell you that as of January 26th, the sound will be amazing. And this week I tested it with Dr. Danny Morano when he was on Tuesday. And trust me, it sounds 100% better. And I do apologize. So again, bear with me as we get some broadcasting technical issues sorted out. As I said before, you have a few ways to listen to the new show now. So obviously people can listen to WWCR off their website. They can also go to TuneIn Radio. But another way to listen is just from my website, just by going to weekendvigilante.com. For smart devices and iPads, you can also download an app called MixLR. That's M-I-X-L-R. And search Weekend Vigilante and follow me there. Also, you can follow my podcast by going to my website and simply click on Show Archives. That's a tab on the menu. And listen to any show via podcasts, and I'm now available on iTunes. If you just type in Sheila Zelinsky, you will find that there. So Remnant Roundup is another thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about because a lot of people don't have any idea what this is. And essentially, Remnant Roundup will be a online social community tool, sort of like a Facebook. Of course, we all know that Facebook is a data mining tool, and I'm not a big fan of it. Obviously, I want to really do something to gather the end-time saints. I noticed when I was in Montana, the Whitestone Remnants Conference last year, they had all the attendees put their information on a tag 
which was in their cities. And a lot of people were able to meet people from their various areas. And I thought, what an amazing concept if we could just sort of bring that to the world, because I believe God is gathering his end time saints. And I want to complete this remnant roundup online tool that would be maybe similar to Facebook that could be a real way to connect people from your areas if possible, but it does need funding or it won't be able to come into fruition. So please prayerfully consider donating to that. I really believe in this project, especially with internet being targeted with the kill switch and legislation that's coming out for them to close off the internet. I think it's very important to be connecting people boots on the ground. Also, just to let you know, there is a lot of work that goes into a daily broadcast. I am asking people to prayerfully consider doing what you can to financially support my show and ministry. If you've been blessed by my show, please do what you can. And please don't assume someone else is donating. There's a donate button there on the website with ways how to do that. So do your part, whatever that is. And also, Augusto Prez is having an event in Texas coming up January 30th to February 1st. And for details... There is a link on WeekendVigilante.com, and you can also go to VLFChurch.org. That's VLFChurch.org. It's listed there at WeekendVigilante.com under Tuesday's show. And last but not least, my weekly prayer group is also meeting on Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. So if you're a spirit-filled believer and you want to pray with us, please join Prayer is so powerful. The info is there on my website by clicking on the picture to the right that says join our prayer team. Now, for some of the listeners, I've got a lot of emails from new listeners. And for some of the new listeners, they don't know that I used to have a show with Hagman and Hagman. And I was on a few other networks. And also for two years, I had a show with Dr. Timothy Ball, the renowned climatologist who was involved in the group that instrumentally exposed Climate Gate and all the chicanery going on at this environmental green movement, as well as Al Gore and various ones that are purporting that man is causing global warming. So I have just finished a book that I've been working on for over a year and a half called Green Gospel, subtitled The New World Religion. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because I think it's very important that people understand that there is a serious, deeply pantheistic, pagan earth worship. That's what it is. And they're trying to essentially erode Christianity. That's a bigger picture of this environmental movement. And so just so folks know, that book is going to be coming out within the next several months, and you want to be paying attention to that. I think this book really walks people through the whole green agenda, how it started, the origins are, how it was evolved. And I think it's just very important that people understand that this environmentalism, this saving the planet, this humans are causing global warming, do not buy into this man is causing global warming. That is such an atrocity. And so really want to get into some shows on explaining that a little better for people. And if you missed last week, Michael Kaufman, Dr. Michael Kaufman and I talked about the very sinister Agenda 21 movement, and you really want to go back and listen to that. If you have not heard it, that is a must-hear show. So without further ado, I want to bring on my guest. She is a powerful woman of God. There are not many of us women fighting on the front lines in the battlefield in healing and deliverance, but she's one little tough cookie from the Lone Star State and one of the most powerful women I know, yet so humble and such an example of grace. She's a real doll, and she's proof not to mess with Texas. Ms. Carla Butad, welcome to the program today. It's an honor, sister. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here. 
Carly, you and I talked about this before, but there was a really very disturbing, in fact, I think it's still linked there. There was an article that Paul Watson did on InfoWars last December called Sexodus. And it was a very disturbing article that essentially young men are now exodusing away from real women. So they want nothing to do with women, but they want to be just, you know, immersed in video games and cyber sex and porn. And essentially they're abandoning the female altogether. And, you know, now with this transgender movement and everything else happening, I mean, it is just a sci-fi what is happening with our young men and women. You know, we've got these Jezebel spirits and Antichrist spirits and incubus and succubus and we've got manifestations going on all the time we really have a mind-numbing situation with our young people now you have a series called breaking of genesis curses and i want you to get into that tonight okay i kind of stumbled across this as many things i do as i'm reading the word but you know we we are born with so many things that we had nothing to do with you know a lot of times it is said that you have to open the door for these demons to come in But just like Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead and came out, it said bound with grave clothes. And that's how we all get here. We're born, but we are bound with grave clothes that came from our ancestors. And when I discovered this, I realized all the way back to Adam and Eve is where it really began, these Genesis curses. Because whenever the serpent deceived and tempted them, These are the Genesis curses that came in even in the first chapter and second chapter of Genesis. There was deception, Eve was deceived, and the lying spirit because the serpent told her that she would not surely die when God said they would. There was the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life because she saw it. She saw that it was something to be desired that was the stirring of the flesh. And then the pride of life was just taking power and partaking of what God told them not to partake of. That was disobedience. So there's spirits of disobedience and rebellion against God and hardness of heart because that's a new and recently that God impressed upon me because the fact of the matter is, is that regardless of what sin we sin, we first have to harden our heart against the voice of God, because it's in us to know right from wrong. Also, the spirit of offense, because the serpent said, God's holding out on you. That's why he doesn't want you to eat it, because you'll be like him if you do. So there was a spirit of offense that God would hold something back from her. Then after they ate of the fruit, there was guilt and shame. They hid themselves, and they were fearful of God before He would come down and talk and walk with them, but now they're hiding from him. They tried to cover their own sin with the fig leaf, and I find that many people are walking around with spiritual fig leaves on because they're trying to hide their sin from God and everybody else. There was blame because when God confronted Adam, he blamed Eve, and he also blamed God. He said it. You can take what he said two different ways. He said, it's that woman you gave me. Or you can take it this way. It's that woman you gave me. See, so he was blaming Eve and God. And then Eve turns around and blames the serpent. But because of, of those sins and those spirits, there was a curse. God put a curse on the serpent. He put a curse on the woman. He put a curse on the man and a curse on the ground. And so those are the things that I call Genesis curses. And also because 
when we are conceived, that that is what Genesis means, the origin, the beginning. So when we are conceived, there are many sins from the forefathers that come into us and have direction over our lives. And we didn't have anything to do with it. So those are some uh, pretty serious things there. And depending on your forefathers, they could have belonged to things where they made oaths, uh, covenants on your behalf when you were in the loins of your forefathers that could be having an effect on your life. There could be generationally inherited sicknesses and infirmities that come into you at your genesis. And they're lying dormant until an opportune time, which is so true with the abortion spirit. There are there are spirits of murder that lie dormant until a particular time when it's opportune. That spirit of murder will rise up, and it's just an, an explosion, and murder happens, or, or they plot to murder. And so there's just a lot of spirits that come in to us in our Genesis and even from the book of Genesis. Well, and I like what you say Carla, Lazarus came out of the grave alive but bound. Damn. And I, I really thought it was interesting. You, I love what you say about us being stamped with a big old S when we come in. Well, you know, I have uh, over the years conversations with people, and I find that they really don't understand what it is they need to be saved from. We all are born because of Adam and Eve's sin, We all are born with sin, and I call it the capital S sin, which is the sin that Adam and Eve committed. Because in Romans it says, by one man, and that's Adam, sin entered in and death from sin. Okay, and then later it says, by one man's obedience, which is Jesus Christ, we are made righteous. So there's a people try all their lives to be good enough to be saved, but there's really nothing we can do. We didn't do anything to become a sinner. We were born that way because of Adam's sin. And you know what? That's a, a an interesting thing that God spoke to me one time when I asked him the question, because, you know, people, some people don't believe that there are such things as generational curses. No, when Jesus Christ came, that was all like chopped at the root. There's no generational curses. And so I was kind of at a loss as to what to say to them. And so I asked God, well, Lord, what would you say to somebody who who believes that? And he said, well, if there was no such thing as generational curses, there would be no need for anyone to be saved. Because it is the sin that Adam committed that caused all of us to need what Jesus Christ did for us. So that capital S sin is what Adam did And then after you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the capital S sin is canceled. But we still have little s sin. And those are the the acts of uh, disobedience and unrighteousness that we commit after we're saved. But the Word says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. It's not the capital S sin anymore. It's the little s sin. And then cleanse us from all, it doesn't say sin again. We're not cleansed again and again from sin. We were cleansed once, but then when we commit sin again, he cleanses us from the unrighteous. It's an act of unrighteousness. And so that has helped me to be able to explain to people 
Because if they don't understand what they need to be saved from, well, they think they're good. You know, I haven't done anything so bad that I should go to hell for. Well, no, you haven't. But Adam did, and you were born going to hell. <laughs> so that's that's my theory of the capital S sin. I really like that. Well, really, death entered into us through Adam, and death is really at work today. Psalm 51, 5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and right. in sin did my mother conceive me. There's a huge thing today, Carla, that that's especially with the television preachers that says, you know, you're saved by grace. Grace covers it all. Grace, grace, grace. Mm-hmm. It's all covered by the blood. But the bottom line is that doesn't necessarily mean that cleans up the death and the generational curses that we come in with, does it? Right. No. And I call what you're talking about, I call greasy grace. That is a greasy grace yeah. if they are minimizing actually the grace of God. But there again, even I have heard some people say, oh, well, I realize now that grace, because of grace, I don't even have to confess my sins anymore. Well, that's not even scriptural. I go back to if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just. It doesn't say all of your sins forevermore are covered by grace and you don't even have to repent or confess your faults to God. That's not scriptural. And that's deception, and it's a big one, and it's coming into the church, not only with that doctrine, but many, many doctrines. Well, I mean, we all miss the mark daily, don't we? We all err on a regular basis, and we are made sinners in that curse of sin and death. It's really about picking up your cross daily, and I think that's a very dangerous message when it's just grace abounds and you don't have to do anything. It's just Mm -hmm. we're in the grace disposition, and I think it's very dangerous. It is. I agree. Okay, and then there is another point that I like to make about generational curses, and that is I learned about them even before I knew anything about deliverance. I was reading the story about Abraham and Sarah, you know, when they the uh, it's in Genesis chapter 12 it's talking about a famine and they travel and he tells his wife you know you're of course I'm paraphrasing but he says you know you're a good-looking woman so he was afraid that they would kill him to have her so he says don't tell him you're my wife you know just tell him you're my sister and then in Genesis 26 it talks about Isaac and Rebekah And what I've learned about these generational curses is many times it's not only like father, like son, it's the same situation, the same circumstances, and the same results, which I found very interesting because it's it's almost the identical story. There was a famine. Isaac went to live somewhere else, and he didn't tell him that, she was his wife because she was good looking and it says that he feared for his life if they knew that she was his wife they would kill him to have her he had the same fear that his daddy had he devised a story it was the same story that his daddy told about the wife and i'm sure that that's not a story that abraham i'm sure he didn't take isaac aside and say hey when we were passing through this land i, I told your mother not to tell him Uh, No, those are not the things. We never hear those things. And that's what's so damaging about generational curses is that they may say, oh, Grandpa, he was such a good woodworker. Look at this. He made this and he made that. 
but it never comes out that he's molested all the grandchildren. Mm. And, and I notice a lot of people speak over the, well, granddaddy had this heart disease and I've got it. Uh, and like, you know, they, there's really something to that generational curse, isn't there? There really is. There really is. And if you, you know, if you don't know about it, I mean, even in my own family, my daddy, all of the men in my daddy's family died in their 50s. My oldest brother, who was a Methodist preacher, had a heart attack at 55 and died. Of course, they brought him back, did the surgery and all. And he lived 15 more years, but he died just this past September at, at the age of 67. But, you know, I had my other brother who was younger than the older brother, he would always say, well, I don't expect to be alive when I'm 60 anyway. And I said, you need to stop saying that. And I I prayed. I said, let me break that curse off of you. But I don't think he really understood what I was doing. But he did quit saying that he wasn't going to be alive when he's 60. It is incredible how many people speak curses over themselves. Mm -hmm. I am just stunned at how, how I just pay attention to people's speech, and they speak word curses over themselves. It's inevitable when I'm 40, I'm going to start getting arthritis. I'm going to start needing biofocals. I'm going to, you know, it's incredible. Right. Well, that's, a, you know, I did a teaching on the spirit of death because it occurred to me some years back, and, and I repented, you know, Lord, forgive me for allowing that curse of death to be working in my life. It, you know, if we had been taught these things, well, that curse of death would have been broken off of me when I was 23. That's the age I was when I got saved. And that death could have stopped. But we look at what has happened in the past when people age, and then we expect it. But no, death was broken. Jesus broke that curse of death off of us and replaced it with resurrection life, which is eternal. We were created in the garden to live eternally. Yes. And so I feel like whenever I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, those curses were broken. Although if I didn't know about it, it's kind of like having a checking account and never knowing about the money, so you never get the benefit. <laughs> I was just to say it's like having a Mercedes parked. You have a full tank of gas for life. You have the keys in the mailbox, and you're taking the bus, Carla. <laughs> right. right. It, it, it really is that blatant, and we just don't realize it because it's spiritual. I was praying for a girl the other day, and she said, what if it doesn't work? And I said, listen, what we are going to do is supernatural. It is supernatural. It's going to happen in the spirit realm. And listen, when I pray, I expect, I know I'm doing it because I have faith in what this is all about, and it will work. I don't even give room for it. What if it doesn't work? Well, it's no. about receiving it by faith, isn't it? Exactly. Lazarus had to be loosed from the grave clothes. Okay. We can be born again, as I said, but still dragging around grave clothes and all these, you know, demons, generational problems. And folks, that's why we need deliverance because Satan wants you not delivered. He wants you unaware and he wants you ashamed and never speaking about it so you don't get free. And I think, yeah, and let's talk about some sexual spirits that come in through our eye gates here for a minute, Carla, because I think that's a really big issue out there. Okay. Well, it is. And, and as time has gone on, I know that the spirits, the sexual debauchery that we have in our society today, it's like a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. All you have to do is look at a, even the advertisements for movies or television shows. And what happens is, once again, 
those are things that people keep secret. Those are the secrets in their lives. And we see it, people exposed even these days that are, you know, a fine Christian man, but he had a, you know, on the weekends, he was showing up over in a park soliciting homosexual activities. You know, those are their secrets. And, and the Bible clearly says that our secrets will be made manifest, but they keep those things secret. And then it just continues generation after generation. And what I see is that with each generation, that thing is stronger and more prevalent. And so let's just say, you know, back in the day, you had to go to the seediest parts of town to buy a pornographic magazine. Well, then in the 80s, you had your VCRs. So then people could have pornographic films right there in their home. Then we had the computer, and oh my, we can have it at every desk, in every business. I've even had a pastor confess that he was watching porn in his church office. And and that's more prevalent than we know. Yeah. At the click of a mouse at night in your room, you can just access the most vile filth. That's right. And so, uh, and what people don't realize is that when they're watching this, now maybe all your children are in bed and even your wife or your husband. It's not, you know, just a male thing. It's a female thing, too. And you slip out of bed and you go turn on your computer and then you start looking at all this stuff. It's not just you that it's affecting. Those spirits are coming out of the screen and roaming in your home and attaching themselves to your children. It's really a cancer in America, it, not not even America, but the whole world, yes. that is destroying families. It's destroying marriages. And listen, Satan knows how to do great destruction. He's been in that business forever. Yeah. And so it, it's destroying marriages. It's destroying families because most of the time people end up divorced because of all the problems that it causes in the home. And Satan knows that if he can destroy, listen, the marriage is the most powerful union in the world. And if he can destroy that, he can destroy the family. If he can destroy the family, he can destroy the church because the church is made of families. Well, speaking of the families, men have an inherent anger at women. Talk a little bit about the Adam and Eve. I guess you'd call it inherent anger, wouldn't you? Uh, Well, innate. I, I called it an innate anger. I'll never forget when God gave me this title, and that's all he gave me was the title because I'm always asking, okay, Lord, what do you want me to bring? So I get this title, Adam Anger, Eve Anger. And I'm like, what in the world? I said, you're going to have to talk to me about that because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then he started downloading, you know, and it happened right there in the garden. Okay, first of all, Adam is blaming Eve. Well, I'm pretty sure that made her mad <laughs> and and then Eve you know he didn't protect her why didn't he stop her let me tell you something that, that I realized that command was given to Adam yeah. he related to Eve every time it's like well that's this woman you gave me right. he blames God exactly <laughs> and not only that preachers always hear people say and you know God didn't say and not even to touch it. The woman added that on there. Well, how do we know Adam didn't tell her that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because we don't know some things. It's you know, some of it is not spoken. But in that instant came 
anger. Women had anger at men because of what Adam did. And men have innate anger at all women because of what Eve did. I begin to see it. It starts early. I mean, like in kindergarten, there's a competition, a power struggle between boys and girls, little boys and little girls. You always hear little boys at the park. Well, boys are better than girls. Girls are little, you know, wimps. Right, right. And, And that goes all the way up through marriage. So sometimes when couples come up for prayer and there, I can see it. Mm-hmm. It is evident. I do that first. Let's break the Adam anger and Eve anger. And what I do is I, I, I tell the woman to say to her husband, would you please forgive me for holding you responsible for what Adam did? Will you forgive me? And then, of course, he says, I forgive. Well, one time I did this, and the woman looked at that man like over my dead body. <laughs> well, see, there it is. Well, it's almost a misogynistic spirit. I think that spirit of Jezebel has also hitched itself to that because there's a very misogynistic spirit. I know this just in having a counseling practice of couples, but I also know a lot of my listeners, the men have real a hatred, a misogynistic spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. misogyny, folks, is when a man absolutely just detests women, and sometimes it's on a real subconscious thing, isn't right. it? Yes, I think that's true. And that's why I like to do that teaching about Adam anger and Eve anger, because once you destroy that, then there can be real unity. The unity is where the power is. Mm. You also do another teaching, which I find incredible. And I think you're the first person I've ever heard teach this. And I found it incredibly powerful is the firstborn, there's an an issue there with firstborn children. Talk a little bit about that, Carla. Well, I call it the curse of the firstborn because God specifically tells them that the first, sometimes he just says the firstborn that openeth the womb of man and animal is mine. God said that. Okay. Sometimes he says the firstborn male that openeth the womb. Now, in the Hebrew custom, that firstborn male was the one who got the blessing. So that was an important, if you were born the firstborn male, that was a real important position to have in the family. Well, Satan knows that God wants that firstborn male. Well, which one do you think he really wants? He's after the firstborn. And that's where that came in. And of course, The first time I heard it, I started seeing that because of my dad. He was the firstborn male in his family. I think he was uh, illegitimately conceived. So there's the firstborn male damage right there because that bastard curse is so strong. I mean, it has, it will keep you from getting to God. There's an antichrist spirit attached to it and, and it causes Uh, It causes an unloving spirit where you can't receive the love of God and you can't give love to others the way you want to. So it's a real damaging spirit. And then my firstborn brother was sterile. Second brother's firstborn son died when he was 12 days old. My firstborn son, who I have three children, one righteous, two followed after unrighteousness and rebellion, But the righteous one joined the Mormon church. 
Mm. And you know what? That really did a job on me. I was just like, Lord, how in the world did this happen? How did this happen? Well, my grandpa was in the Masons. Oh, my goodness. This is what I'm talking about taking. They may have made oaths and covenants concerning your life while you were in their loins. And because of that deception in my grandfather, and it came down the family line, it's all through our family. Of course, some of them don't even know there's anything wrong with the Masons. Well, that Freemason spirit is a big one because when I do deliverance and anyone has Masonic connections, wow, is there ever a lot of manifestation happens, and they just have a boatload of stuff coming in. You just touched on the curse of the bastard. Deuteronomy 23.2 says, A bastard shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to his tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the Lord. I mean, by definition, a bastard, as most people know, is conceived out of wedlock or an unknown origin. I mean, the Bible speaks a lot about this. Talk a little bit about that curse of the bastard, Carla. Okay, I learned about it because a lot of manifestations that I had that is under the bastard curse. And and my uncle, who also was in the deliverance ministry, came to my house. He lived in Connecticut. I lived in Texas. So when he came to visit the first time when I was an adult, he wanted to pray for me. So, you know, I had not been out of the Methodist church long at this time. And so I sat down and bowed my head and quietly, you know, got in a quiet posture for prayer. And he starts going to town casting out spirits, and one of them was the illegitimate spirit. My eyes were big, my mouth was open, and I was just horrified. I was like, what? What are you talking about, you know? And so then he started describing it to me, that it can come from an illegitimate conception, or it can come into a person if it is a pregnancy that it's not wanted even, but it is maintained. Well, when he started talking about that, that's the only time in my life that the hair actually stood up on the back of my neck because he was talking about my grandmother, who he didn't even know, and she was given up for adoption at birth. And so, see, she had that spirit on her because it was an unwanted pregnancy. She was given away. Mm. So all those spirits came in and had an effect on her and on our whole family. But I was the only one who was really seeking God about, you know, all these things. Other people just think, well, that's just who I am. Well, no, I knew that was not who I am because it didn't line up with the Word of God. So, you know, being insecure and fearful, my goodness, I, I, I just, that's the greatest thing that I have been delivered of is that fear. I lived in fear constantly. And now it's fear would be foreign to me. But yeah, that's a very strong spirit. Even in Hebrews now, it's not just an Old Testament thing because in Hebrews, I think it's chapter 12, it says that God chastens those he loves. But if you are without chastisement, you are not a son, but a bastard. So children who are not properly nurtured and loved can have that spirit. And and let me tell you, in these days, there are so many babies that are being born illegitimately, conceived illegitimately, and even born with no father around that we're going to have, we're going to see an outbreak of evil yeah. pretty soon, like we've never seen before. Because what the bastard curse does is it causes you not to be interested in the things of God. See, in the Old Testament, they were literally 
not allowed to enter into the congregation of the Lord. Right. In the New Testament, we would never keep out anybody that was illegitimately conceived, but it causes them to be separated from God to the point that they're not interested in the things of God. And even those that do get interested in the things of God, they'll come into the church and get saved, but they can never enter into the deeper things of God because of that curse. Well, and what I notice with people with the bastard spirit, you just touched on, you know, they can't enter into the things of God, but they always feel unaccepted by God. They don't quite measure up. They're never really entitled to that pure acceptance. They feel rejected. They feel rejected in the church. or People can't quite put their hand on it, but they're really, they don't receive the chastisement of God. They can't really measure up. They don't really mature ever, do they? No, it's a, there's an arrested development that arrested with development. that. And also, the worst thing about it is, is that they feel rejected and so many times it causes them to behave in a way that will cause people to reject them. That's the, that's the cruelty of the spirit of rejection. I know that even I was this way. At one time, I was just, I describe it as being a deep, dark hole of need. And it doesn't matter how much you pour into it, as long as that curse is there, it's never enough. You try to, you know, try to bring somebody in and be good to them and all of that, and they'll just suck the life out of you, literally. I mean, I had to learn that because, you know, now that I'm glad that I know what it is so I can break it off of them and give them freedom to be, to enter into the congregation of the Lord and be accepted. Well, talk about some more symptoms or ways that curse can manifest in people's lives, that bastard spirit, Carla. Insecurity, jealousy, fear, anger, pride, great pride, because it's a cover-up, see? You can't let anybody know that you have those feelings. So it's pride and anger and fear, insecurity, jealousy. They'll have phobias. Phobias are tied to the bastard curse. Now, just so people know, the bastard curse isn't necessarily, if you're thinking, well, my parents were married when I was born, it doesn't even necessarily have to be if you are born out of wedlock, does it? No, no. And see, actually, in the Old Testament, a bastard was anyone who was conceived by either a Hebrew man or woman with any other nationality of people. Right. That's what a true bastard in the Old Testament was. But then, like I said, over in Hebrews, it says if you are without chastisement, so if children are not disciplined properly, then they don't feel loved, they're out of control, because they don't feel like they're part of the family. Little black sheep kid. Right, right. That's exactly right. And most of the time, you know, all these, most kids who join gangs, it will cause them to have self-hatred because they don't even feel like they deserve to live and to be loved and to have another thing is there's a poverty curse that goes with that because they don't really feel like they deserve anything good right you could give them a brand new house and a brand new car and in six months it would be junk that is a manifestation of the bastard curse they don't take care of anything because they don't really believe that they deserve anything good And they certainly have a hard time believing God loves them. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole problem. Yeah. So they don't love themselves. They get into self-destructive behaviors. Like, 
I believe that is the root of like anorexia and cutting a lot of those self Even obesity, I guess, could be a form of it. Gluttony. Oh, yeah. 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 One of the big things I see manifest with that bastard spirit is most kind of in-your-face thing is this people say, I just don't feel like I fit in. I just, I can't yeah. find my place. I don't feel like I fit anywhere. People just don't get me. I think that's a big, huge piece of that, isn't it? It is. It is because they don't, they're not part of the family. See, they're not able to enter in to the congregation, whether it's a church, whether it's your own family. It really doesn't matter. It's just you don't belong. That is made very clear, especially, you know, once you get old enough, the demons will come and just tell you that. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be around you. Don't even try to be a cheerleader. You know, those are the things that kept me so in bondage when I was growing up. I mean, you know, when I was a teenager and a new style would come out, that demon would say to me, that's not for you. It's okay for everybody else, but it's not for you because you're not good enough. It it was just very cruel. It's also why so many people turn to drugs and alcohol because there's such a pain. You know, I suffered a four-year depression as a result of that. And when I got healed, I actually had an encounter with Jesus because I was suicidal, but I was too chicken <laughs> you know, to do it. And it wasn't fear that kept me from doing it. I don't like pain. <laughs> I, I, you know, I couldn't use needles because I had a phobia about needles. I couldn't swallow pills, so that's out. <laughs> I didn't like loud noises, so I'm sure not going to use a gun. You know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. It, oh, my It's just insane. But it was the... It was the deep loneliness. Right. And so then you want to self-anesthetize. So people take drugs to try to get rid of the pain. They'll eat and eat and eat to get rid of the pain. They'll get drunk to get rid of the pain. And, you know, addictions are so misunderstood. Yes, yes, they are. Um, I know a lot of people feel very condemned because they smoke. I've had a lot of deliverance sessions where I've tried to break off spirit of alcohol or tobacco and nicotine and that's a huge one it's just such a hard one because that that is their one crutch that they can depend on is you know either that shot of whiskey or that numbing alcohol you know a glass of wine well my sister's glass of wine you haven't seen the size of her glass (laughs) she's like i only do one glass of wine well it's the size of a (laughs) fishbowl it's really about pain isn't it it is it is It is. Uh, you know, speaking of cigarettes, I was ministering to this lady who had had a stroke, and she was just so condemned and so wounded. And, you know, finally said, what, what is it that is tormenting you right now so badly? And she said, she said, well, the people in my church, they told me that the reason God won't heal me is because I still smoke. Aww. And I said, I said, hey, were any of those people that were standing around saying this to you? overweight yeah because anything to excess is a sin exactly anything i said don't let them condemn you about that you know when the time comes and 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 i prayed for her about it i haven't talked to her in a while i don't know if she's still smoking but you know what take it as it comes what i tell people let's don't even let's don't even fool with that right now let's get down to some deeper issues that could be connected to it and then once that is done the other just goes 
I've never seen some people beat themselves up as much as, forget other people beating you up. I mean, I just have so many people that are just absolutely full of shame and guilt and just they can't break free of it. It's this round and round the mountain. It's almost like the Israelites, you know, that 13 or 14 day trip taken 40 years. It's Uh like they have this cyclical issues. They can't quite ever achieve anything. They never quite break through. They never quite get the blessings. This really cyclical oppression. It is. I don't know why it's easier for some people than others. Because some people can receive so easily, and other people, it's just a struggle. It's a bondage in itself. Well, speaking of bondages, Carla, I would love you to do some deliverance right now for people, some binding and loosing and breaking. There's just so many afflicted people, and I think that this is going to be very powerful. All right. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I loose the angels of God, the warring angels, to go and do warfare over every person that is listening that will be praying these prayers. I cover them with the blood of Jesus Christ. I bind the kingdom of darkness from them in the name of Jesus. So right now I bind and break the power of the curse of sin and rebellion that came in in Genesis when we were even conceived. I bind you and break your power. I command you to go. All rebellion, spirits of rebellion, you go. Stiff-neck rebel, go in the name of Jesus. Hardness of heart that allows you to sin. I break your power in the name of Jesus and command you to go. All acts of unrighteousness, the spirit of unrighteousness, I bind you and break your power and command you to go now in Jesus' name. Stubbornness, go. And witchcraft, go in the name of Jesus. Spirits of witchcraft and stubbornness, you go. All idolatry spirits running to a false idol, you go in the name of Jesus. I break the power of idolatry. Unclean spirits that came in through conception and even in Genesis through sexual sins of the forefathers, I bind those unclean spirits. I break their power and I command you to come out. Come out of them in Jesus' name. Come out of their blood. Come out of their bones. Come out of the recesses of their bodies. Every unclean spirit, loose and go in Jesus' name. All spirits of guilt, go in the name of Jesus. Guilt and shame, I break your power in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command you to loose God's people. Blame and fault-finding spirits, you go. Finger-pointing and fault-finding and blaming someone else. In the name of Jesus, I break your power. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of hurt, deep hurt, sorrow, grief, in Jesus' name. I bind those spirits and command them to go in the name of Jesus. Get out in Jesus' name. Spirits of betrayal, being betrayed by friends, by parents, by mates, by Christians, in the name of Jesus. All spirits of betrayal, you go. I remove the knife of betrayal now in the name of Jesus. You go in Jesus' name. All anger spirits, all anger spirits, you go. Rage, anger, murderous spirits, go in the name of Jesus. Running from God, I bind that spirit of running from God in the name of Jesus. Hiding from God, fear of God, go in the name of Jesus. Anger at God. If you've been angry at God, ask him right now, Lord, forgive me for blaming you for all of my problems in the name of Jesus. I command all fear of God and blaming God, anger at God, go in the name of Jesus. 
All spirits of self-righteousness, trying to defend yourself when you've done wrong, go in the name of Jesus. Self-righteousness and pride, arrogance, you go in the name of Jesus. Haughtiness, you go in Jesus' name. All spirits of pride, I bind you and break your power. You go in the name of Jesus Christ. Contrite spirits, being contrite, go in the name of Jesus. All spirits of whoredom, all sexually perverse spirits, you go. Spirits of whoredom, fornication, you go in the name of Jesus. Adultery, I break your power and command you to go in Jesus' name. All perverse spirits, I bind you and break your power. All perverse spirits that came in from sexual sins of the forefathers, even when you were in the loins of your forefathers, I bind you and break your power. All spirits of deception, lies, doubt, unbelief, skepticism, go in the name of Jesus. All lying spirits, you go. I speak to the lying spirit, and I tell you to shut up and get out in Jesus' name. And the familiar spirits of all of these spirits, the familiar spirits, you go, along with the spirits. When I say spirit go, I give leave to all the familiar spirits that came with it that work on the outside, guiding and protecting their property in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of offense right now in the name of Jesus, the spirit of offense that causes you to be oversensitive, like having a chip on your shoulder all the time, that you're offended easily and hurt easily. I break that spirit and command it to go now. All spirits of offense, go. Touchiness in the name of Jesus, you go. All spirits of division, I bind you and break your power. All spirits that cause division. Adam anger and Eve anger. That's a a spirit of division. I bind you and break your power, and I command you to get out of God's people now in Jesus' name. All troublemaking spirits going around making trouble in the name of Jesus. You go. Contention, strife, jealousy, competition. I bind you and break your power and command you to get out in Jesus' name. The spirit of error, you go. Spirits of error, deception, believe in the lie. I bind you and command you to go now in Jesus' name. All seducing spirits, seducing spirits, in Jesus' name. I break your power and command you to go. The spirit of Leviathan, that stiff-necked rebel, you go in the name of Jesus. Stubbornness. Spiritual deafness, go in the name of Jesus. Leviathan just won't listen. The word says about Leviathan that he has scales. And so, Lord, right now we just we just lift the scales of Leviathan and we pierce that demon with the sword of the Spirit right now in Jesus' name. I bind the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I bind those spirits, break their power, and command them to go now in Jesus' name. I bind the spirit of the world, the spirit of the world from the kingdom of darkness. You go in the name of Jesus. I bind the prince of the power of the air that worketh in the children of disobedience. We bind you and break your power. We say, loose the children of God now in Jesus' name. Now come against that unloving spirit, the unloving spirit that keeps you from being able to receive the love of God, I break that bastard curse off of you now, the spirit of illegitimacy, the spirit of the orphan in the name of Jesus. I bind that unloving spirit, break its power, and command it to go in Jesus' name, the Antichrist spirit with it, 
I break that Antichrist spirit off of you so that you can receive the love of God, the truth of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bind all spirits that came in through pornography, all the perverse spirits, spirits of lust, spirits of lasciviousness, spirits of licentiousness, all those sensual spirits lusting after other women and adultery, fornication, masturbation, all those wicked, evil spirits that are attached to pornography. Come out of their eyes right now. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. I command every unclean spirit that went in through the eye gate, go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, get out. And all the familiar spirits that attach themselves to those who have watched and been involved in pornography, masturbation, I bind that spirit and command it to be broken now in Jesus' name. You come off of their hands. Go in the name of Jesus. Come off of their legs, out of their muscles. I command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. All unclean, sexual, deviant spirits, we break your power and command you to get out. Get out now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I break every generationally inherited curse that has come down through the Father's bloodline of those that are listening. I break them now in Jesus' name. I command them to go in the name of Jesus, and I command the familiar spirits to go with it. All spirits of infirmity, go. All the spirits that came down through the Father's bloodline, and every spirit that has been following them down the bloodline, the familiar spirits, You go, we give you leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind and break all the generationally inherited curses and spirits of infirmity that have come down through their mother's bloodline right now in Jesus' name. We break them by the shed and resurrected blood of Jesus Christ. We give leave to all of the familiar spirits now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We just bind all of those generationally inherited curses. We break them off of ourselves right now in the name of Jesus. We break them off of our seed and our seed seed and our seed 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 forever in the name of Jesus. We just cover them right now with the blood of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. I bind and break the power of the curse of death that came on every one of us through Adam in the Garden of Eden. I break it now. The curse of death. The spirit of death, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Infirmities, death is the root of spirit over all infirmities. We just bind every spirit of infirmity and break its power in the name of Jesus. All the generationally inherited diseases of death that came down through the mother's and the father's bloodline, we break your power in Jesus' name and command all familiar spirits to go of those diseases, all the The lying symptoms go in the name of Jesus. I bind weakness. Weakness, you go in Jesus' name. Feebleness of mind and body. I break your power and command you to go. The foul spirit. I bind the foul spirit and command it to go. Degenerative diseases. All forms of degenerative diseases go in Jesus' name. All age-related diseases. You know, when you get, oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen, I bind those lies. I break the tradition of those lies right now in Jesus' name of age-related illnesses, Alzheimer's, go, arthritis, go, heart disease, go, in the name of Jesus, blood disorders. I break your power, bone diseases. 
I break your power. Digestive problems, I break your power. Sleep disorders, I break your power. Mental torment and diseases of the mind, I break your power now and command you to go. All spirits of cancer, go in the name of Jesus. Cancer, tumors, lumps, any form that causes you to think you have cancer, I command them to go now in the name of Jesus. Autoimmune diseases, go in the name of Jesus. Autoimmune diseases are rooted in self-hatred. I just break self-hatred right now in the name of Jesus. All fainting spirits, go in Jesus' name. Joint problems, fear of death, go in the name of Jesus. All hearing problems, eye problems, I break your power and command healing in the body in Jesus' name. The bondage for the fear of death. I come against that bondage right now that keeps people in the fear of death. I break your power right now. All chronic fatigue, self-inflicted word spoken curses. I break every self-inflicted word spoken curse, and I break every word spoken curse that was spoken over you by your grandmother, your grandfather, your mother, father, brothers, sisters, teachers, whoever has spoken word curses against you. I break them now making them null and void, never seated and never coming to pass in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that you became the curse on our behalf. I come against all negative confessions. I come against strokes, heart attacks, all forms of bondage, addictions, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, tobacco addiction, gambling addiction, sex addictions, pornography, food addictions. Activities of self-destruction, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ right now. We say, it is finished in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just lose the spirit of life in Christ Jesus upon every listener. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I lose the spirit of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of the Lord. I lose health. I lose resurrection life into every cell of your body. I lose wholeness, soundness, soundness of mind, soundness of body, soundness of emotions, soundness in your spirit. I lose peace and vitality, energy. I speak restoration to any damage done by any disease or accidents, surgeries, any form of damage has been done to you. I speak restoration. I speak a reversal of damage right now even to every cell in your body, and I say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I lose the spirits of righteousness. I lose truth. I lose holiness, grace, supplication, obedience, a clean heart, and a right spirit. I lose excellence, counsel, and might. I lose meekness, the spirit of glory, the humble spirit, a hearing ear, and I activate the mind of Christ that we all received when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Lord, we thank you that when you hung on the cross, you suffered everything on our behalf before it would ever come to us. We acknowledge it tonight, and we thank you for it, and we receive it right now by faith in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Wow. 
Oh, that was so powerful. Well, God bless you. You are one don't mess with Texas lady, a woman of God. Hey, I'm serious. <laughs> uh, you know, I tell people all the time, if the devil was a flesh and blood being, he we would all be done with him because I would have already killed him. Yes, you would. <laughs> Lord, don't mess with Texas. Amen. <laughs> well, folks, Carla's website is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. Carla, God bless you and your ministry, and I hope you come back and see us soon. Thank you, Sheila, anytime. The Sheila Zielinski Show is sponsored by SteveQuayle.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, headlines, and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book, Little Creatures, by visiting SteveQuayle.com.